0: Hello, I'm Laura Ellsworth, welcoming you to Prairie Doc Radio. This is a program of the Healing Words Foundation, a 501c3 founded by Rick and Joni Holm. We are here to answer your medical questions, so give us a call at 605 692 1430. 605 692 1430. With us today is Dr. Deb Johnston. To answer our medical questions, Dr. Johnston's specialty is family medicine. She works with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and volunteers as part of the Prairie Doc team of physicians. Good morning, Dr. Johnston. Good
1: morning, Laura. Great
0: to see you again this morning.
1: It's good to see you too on this blustery morning.
0: Yes it is a little bit chilly out there. Isn't yes it, it is a
1: little chilly a little icy. I was just listening on the way into uh to sorry Bob but co- close your ears NPR <laughs> and <laughs> and they were talking about winter falls and winter injuries and uh boy did that resonate with me.
0: Yes yeah, seeing a few of those at the clinic oh, and yes. everywhere else. Yes yep yep
1: mm-hmm. yep. and my house. <laughs> <laughs> yes
0: <laughs> yes yeah it's been slippery uh, that ice that we had earlier this year got on our driveway and so on sunday all four of us were outside chipping on that oh, as no. much as we could to try to lift some of that because it was finally warm enough that we could that it wasn't really some solid. of that Ugh. but yeah yeah it's it is it can be dangerous out there it
1: can be very dangerous yeah. out there so everybody take your time wear your cleats um, don't be in a hurry and mm-hmm. be careful.
0: Yeah. I always think about all our delivery people, too. That oh, my goodness. have to climb these slippery steps and yes. everything else to drop things oh. off. So
1: we, yeah. it, Tuesday night is pizza night at our house okay. uh, most of the time. Yes. And uh, usually I watch the app and it tells me when it's out for delivery. And okay. I go and I turn on the lights and... This time, it didn't say it was out for delivery, and I felt so bad. I I just need to start turning on the lights when when I place the order, and then the poor delivery person doesn't have to climb my stairs in the dark. In the dark, right,
0: right. Well, we're talking about emergency services this week uh, in the Prairie Dock world, so it ties into that.
1: It's going to be a great show, I think. Uh, Dr. Matt Owens is on the show with me, and uh, Matt is a, a family doctor who actually, uh, we overlapped in residency. So Matt and I go very, very far back. And he has been uh, very involved in developing uh, training for first responders, emergency responders in the state of South Dakota, particularly for uh, rural areas. You know, here in Brookings, we have a full-time ambulance crew. I mean, there are people waiting by the ambulance where that is their job. So 24-7, there's somebody there. Now, Sometimes you need more than one. Sometimes there are things going in different directions. and um, so here in, in Brookings at least we don't have we have people on call. There's not multiple people standing by waiting for waiting for a call. but um, you know in some of our rural areas that's not the case. They don't ha- have funding. They don't have the ability to fund a, um, somebody just to sit there and wait for somebody to need help. Uh, so it's, it's a very different challenge in different parts of the country and in different parts of South Dakota.
0: I think a lot of us just know to call 911 yeah. and expect, you know, a pretty quick response from that ambulance. But uh, a lot of us probably haven't spent time thinking about those rural areas and how they make that work. So you mentioned kind of how we do things in Brookings where we mm-hmm. have more population and some resources but how how do they do that in our more rural communities so i'm i'm
1: certainly not an expert in the ins and outs of it but a lot of those folks are volunteers so a call comes in and they get called to come help. And so they have to leave where they are and and go get the ambulance and and off they go to try to render what help they can. And the help that you get when the ambulance first gets there when uh, you know, the the first people on the scene, whether that's uh, your ambulance crew or your neighbor, uh, can make a huge difference in how things go for you. So it Everybody should know some basic first aid, some basic um, what to do in an emergency so that you're not trying to make it up as you go along. Uh, and the more that the first professionals, semi-professionals, the first responders uh, who get there, the more that they know, the more they can do, the better the odds that that person is is going to survive whatever happened to them and uh, going to have less impairment afterwards. So uh, it is really an important job.
0: You mentioned that all of us can do a little bit by learning yes. our CPR and things like that. Dr. Evans was on a couple months ago and we talked about the CPR training and that uh, we can learn about that through the hospital here yes. if we haven't had that lately. And so that is on my list for 2023. Right. that is a Hasn't good thing. Hasn't happened yet, but I need to update my skills. It's been a long time since I've done that. Yes, so. and,
1: and I think that's true for a lot of people that uh, you know if it's not part of your day-to-day job uh, where somebody's nagging you to, to get that recertification <laughs> done um, or something that you're doing on a regular basis. I think, you know, it's been a long time for a lot of people, but it is really a worthwhile thing to to get that training hopefully you'll never need to use it Right, but uh, it's a pretty cheap insurance policy and you could just save a life
0: right well we're going to go to our first break we thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast call us now with your questions at 605-692-1430 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group.
2: Lung cancer is the leading cause of cancer death in the United States. Cigarette smoking is the number one cause of lung cancer, but it can also be caused by other forms of tobacco like pipes and cigars, or breathing secondhand smoke, or being exposed to asbestos or radon. We also are concerned with people who have a family history of lung cancer. Lung cancer symptoms may include coughing that gets worse and doesn't go away, chest pain, shortness of breath, wheezing, and coughing up blood. Other illnesses that can cause these these symptoms should be investigated as well. If you have any symptoms, talk to your doctor. For help to quit smoking, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW or visit cdc.gov slash quit your provider at the Avera Medical Group is a good resource to discuss lung symptoms. Call 697 9500 for an appointment.
0: Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605 692 1430. 605 692 1430. We had a caller come in, Yay. Dr. Johnston. I love I it know. when we have calls. Yes. This caller is wondering, is it safe to take a leave every day for arthritis?
1: So you'd think that that was a very straightforward question. And um, in a way, it is. So... I will give a qualified yes okay. to that. Now, um, any of the what we call nonsteroidal anti inflammatory medications, the NSAIDs, uh, which Aleve is a very well known one, ibuprofen is another very well known one, uh, that's sold as Motrin and um, <sighs> Advil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness good thing Bob's bringing (laughs) me some coffee here Um, so but there are a lot of prescription ones out there and they have more potential for side effects than Tylenol does, Tylenol or acetaminophen. Uh, any of those NSAIDs can cause ulcers, bleeding into the stomach. Uh, they can be hard on the kidneys, and that's probably the thing that I worry about the most. So uh, for most people, they can safely take to a leave a day and keep their pain under control, but it is something that it's important that your doctor knows you're doing. Um, when I have patients that are taking the those medications on a regular basis, uh, I'm pretty obsessive about keeping a close eye on their kidneys. Um, And I do that in two ways. Number one is with a blood test that tells me how well their kidneys are cleaning the waste products out of their blood. But I also do a urine test that lets me know, are those kidneys getting leaky? Are they letting out things that I want them to keep in? So uh, not everybody can take uh, those medications every day and uh, My nephrologist my kidney specialist friends are probably all needing to breathe into a paper bag hearing me say Yeah, most people can get by with that uh, because they really don't like those medications and um, Generally, Tylenol is the safest choice for pretty much everybody. Um, tylenol in overdose can be very dangerous, but as long as you keep it under that, you know, when I went to medical school, we would say four grams, which would be eight extra strength Tylenol in a day. And now we're a little more conservative and generally try to limit it to three extra, or three grams, or six extra strength Tylenol in a day. Um, so most people. The vast majority of people, this Tylenol is the safer choice. Um, try not to exceed that and certainly don't exceed it by much. If you do four grams once in a while, that's probably not a big deal. Uh, and try not to wash it down with a lot of alcohol because both of those can be toxic to the liver. So when you combine them, mm-hmm. you have more potential for injury. Mm-hmm.
0: A great answer. <laughs> we <get> a <laughs> Probably
1: more than that person wanted to hear. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's the 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 summary, the too long, didn't <laughs> read version is. A qualified yes. Right. Yes, but. <laughs> right.
0: Anything else when it comes to arthritis that might be helpful so, beyond the pain meds and yeah, those things? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, um, you know, some people, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> some people do uh, really well with some physical therapy, you know, to help strengthen the muscles that support those joints, to help improve the flexibility. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of things that people can do that way. I like to recommend paraffin baths for people with hand arthritis. Um, You know, we, we don't think about those very much, but I know when I was a kid, we would always see Marge on the TV advertising was it Palm Olive? Right. Or I can't re- I can't even remember which dish show it was now. Uh, but we always think about paraffin baths as something really kind of fancy and indulgent that they used to do in the old days when women would go get their nails done. Uh, but that warmth can be really helpful for people. Sometimes bracing, sometimes bracing that the physical therapist can help you with. Sometimes those braces need to be made uh, custom made. Sometimes they can be over the couch counter. Um, Biofreeze can be very helpful. Some of those over-the-counter creams and gels, um, ice and heat can be very helpful. Um, there's a medicine out there uh, called Voltaren gel, diclofenac gel. And this is actually a topical version of, it's not actually a leave, but it's an NSAID like a leave or ibuprofen. Uh, and I will often recommend that to people. Once again, although in theory, you get less into the bloodstream when you're using it topically. We still have to be a little bit cautious for all the reasons we need to be cautious with the ibuprofen and Aleve.
0: Mm-hmm. With this cold weather, does arthritis show up a little bit more or is arthritis Boy, not weather-related? I, I
1: hear that a lot from okay. my patients. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know... Whether it's really the cold that does it, it it certainly might be, or uh, whether we tend to be more tense mm-hmm. when it's cold, or more protective and and more careful about how we're moving, and I'm um, I'm not sure, but I hear a lot more people telling me that their arthritis is giving them trouble in the winter months.
0: Yeah, so might need a few more of those remedies.
1: Might need a few more of those remedies, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Mm And, you know, uh, if you are somebody who has a lot of trouble and it's impacting your, your physical activity, think real hard about water Uh, activity. So swimming, I have some patients who will go to one of the local hotels that has a lazy river and they walk around in the lazy river. Um, Anything you do in the water helps support your joints. It's a smoother motion and for a lot of people with arthritis that water activity is really really helpful and the physical therapists will sometimes use that when they're helping people uh, with
0: an injury or pain or whatever they may be trying to address. Great advice. Thank you. All right. Well, it's time for us to go to our next break. We thank you for listening to Pray Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. Call us now at 605-692-1430 with any medical questions you would like us to address. Prairie Doc programs are available as a podcast. Just look for Prairie Doc wherever you get your podcast. Today's program will be added to the podcast soon. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group.
2: Frostbite is a type of injury caused by freezing. It leads to a loss of feeling and color in the areas it affects, usually extremities, such as the nose, ears, cheeks, chin, fingers, and toes. Frostbite can permanently damage the body, and severe cases can lead to amputation. Frostbite should be checked by a health care provider. Call 697-9500 to see your provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings.
0: Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here to answer our medical questions. Give us a call at 605 692 Thirty. Our Prairie Doc topic this week is emergency medical services. And Dr. Johnson, you wrote an essay this week about the golden hour. The golden Tell hour. us about that. <laughs> so the golden hour uh,
1: fundamentally is the concept that after it it started out in trauma care. So uh, the focus has always been on injury. Uh, if someone isn't killed instantly, basically, you have an hour to get them the help that they need to uh, address to get their spleen out to to do whatever it is uh, to save that life and to to optimize what we call optimize the outcome and uh, which fundamentally just means give them the best possible life after their injury Um, maybe back to normal maybe not but the best possible uh, opportunity Um, and you know, I, th- I think we've moved away a little bit from being quite so rigid with that. Um, but the fundamental concept is is just true. The faster you can intervene after an injury, after a illness, uh, the better the chance that that person has of uh surviving and meaningful recovery. So whether that's a stroke or a heart attack or a car accident, um, the faster we can get that person effective help, the better it is for them. So, you know, um, if somebody collapses, call 911 before you start CPR, because Mm -hmm. the odds are really good that whatever made them collapse is not going to respond to just doing CPR. CPR keeps that circulation going until someone can restart that heart. And that's why it's so wonderful to have those automatic external defibrillators um, in a lot of different places, because if somebody can, you know, run down the aisle and bring one back as opposed to waiting for the ambulance to get there and bring one, the faster we can get that person's heart started, the better. So it's a concept that is is true pretty much irregardless of whether it's a trauma or an illness or something of that nature that that person needs help for. A stroke, um, we have a limited window in which to get somebody who has what we call an ischemic stroke, an interruption in blood flow stroke I talk a little bit about in that essay. We have a limited window of opportunity to get them those clot-busting medications and uh, try to restore circulation to the brain. So irregardless of what it is, the faster that person can get effective care, the better for them.
0: What are some of the important advancements you've seen when it comes to technology and emergency medical services? Um, You know, since
1: I am no longer so intimately involved in providing emergency room care, I think uh, there's a lot of things that have kind of happened since I stepped out of doing a lot of emergency care. Um, One of the things that we see now in some uh, ambulance services is if somebody is having a heart attack uh, they can do the EKG, which is where you put the patches on the chest and you look at the electrical system of the heart. They can do the EKG in the field and they can send that information ahead to the, uh, emergency room. And, um, then you're, you're saving that time. Some, I have read that some ambulance services can actually administer the clot busting medications Mm -hmm. in the field. Um, So, you know, that, again, saves time for those individuals, and we know that um, they have this concept of time to reperfusion, the time from after a heart attack until you are able to get that blood back to that heart muscle, the more time that goes by before that heart muscle gets blood supply again the more of that heart muscle dies so um, that is is definitely a very different uh, situation and if I think back even further to before I was practicing medicine or when I was in medical school and residency, we were just starting to use those clot-busting medications for people who had heart attacks. Um, They do emergency um, angioplasties now, and we can do angioplasties or uh, similar kinds of interventions for certain types of strokes and for blood clots in the lungs and for situations where the the clot might be in an extremity where we're able to to salvage and save that tissue by reestablishing uh, perfusion, reestablishing blood flow. So um, it, the advancements in medicine in general have just been uh, amazing over the last hundred years or so. But again, uh, as I talked about earlier in one of my essays, it is a step-by-step process and we see the last we see the tip of the iceberg and don't realize how much innovation how much research how much work went in to that
0: last development Mm -hmm. that we see is so revolutionary and of course behind all of this are the people, the people who need to know how to use this yes. technology and all of that. So um, AI is not quite to the point yet where they can uh, take
1: over for us. So maybe yes. someday we'll have robots arriving when we call 911. <laughs> someday we may have robots arriving. We may have robots in the operating room. I yeah. yeah. So yeah. for right now we're we're not quite at that point. We still need those skilled and trained
0: people to be the hands and eyes and ears. I understand uh Dr. Owens is real um, interested in helping to recruit people to be part of rural emergency services across yes. the state.
1: Yes. And, you know, we we really do have a crisis in that area because that, um, that group of individuals who are currently doing that work are aging. And, uh, you know, our bodies as we age get our bodies feel it. Mm-hmm. I know that uh, I can't do the things now that I did when I was 30. Um, and it, it is a very physical job to be a first responder. I mean, there's a lot of devices they have uh, to help, but fundamentally it's that person who is having to carry That patient. Mm -hmm. So, um, they may have to extract a person from an awkward situation. They may have to get somebody downstairs, um, and it is just harder as you get older. And eventually, people want to retire. You know, they may not enjoy these January days here in South Dakota, and they may want to go golf in Arizona for this for the winters. And uh, we need to get younger people to have that training to to. Replace those people that are going to be retiring. So that is a big issue. Also, um, you know, you don't need just somebody who knows how to drive. And that's important. You got to drive the ambulance and and get somebody to and from where that person needs help. Uh, But you need somebody who knows what to do in those situations. Mm. So uh, you need somebody who is willing to take the time to get that training. And a lot of these rural services are volunteer positions. So um, that's a very stressful job. Um, and you're typically working with people who may be your neighbors, maybe your relatives, mm-hmm. uh, which makes it even more stressful. Uh, and it can happen any time of the day or night that somebody needs that help. Um, so it's it's a very difficult calling um, that we're asking these people to do, possibly for no payment at all, uh, and they need to know what to do. Mm-hmm. So, th- yes, uh, Dr. Owens has been very involved in trying to um, help address that, and he's got some wonderful Uh, organizations and partners that he's uh, been working with and I know he's gonna be very excited to tell us all about tomorrow
0: yeah, so we can tune in tomorrow night on SDPB at television Seven. at 7 o'clock and learn more about that, and maybe some of us will be inspired to dig Boy, deeper, figure this out. Th- th- you know, that would be wonderful
1: because, you know, this is a problem we have as a society. It's it's certainly a South Dakota problem. It's not just a South Dakota problem. Um, and it's going to take a lot of um, grit and willpower on the part of
0: us as a society to solve that problem. Mm -hmm. Well, it's time for us to go to our final break. We thank you for listening to Prairie Doc Radio on KBRK and on our podcast. We have a couple minutes left if you want to call us with your questions at 605-692-1430. 605-692-1430. We will return following this informative message from the Avera Medical Group.
2: Shingles, also called herpes zoster, is a painful rash disease. Shingles can lead to severe nerve pain called postherpetic neuralgia that can last for months or years after the rash goes away. Shingles is caused by the varicella zoster virus, the same virus that causes chickenpox. If you've had chickenpox, you can get shingles. Almost one out of three people in the United States will develop shingles in their lifetime you can get shingles at any age, but it's more common in older adults. Older adults also are more likely to have severe disease. The Center for Disease Control recommends that people age 50 and older get the shingles vaccine called Shingrex. Set an appointment, to discuss shingles with your provider at the Avera Medical Group. Brookings. Welcome back
0: to Prairie Doc Radio. I'm Laura Ellsworth, and Prairie Doc physician Deb Johnston is here answering our medical questions. Our Prairie Doc topic this week is emergency medical services. We've been talking quite a bit about the access and availability we have in South Dakota, and especially in our more rural areas where that mm-hmm. is a concern. And and I think it's
1: really important to remember that South Dakota is not the only rural area. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an issue that is faced around the country, certainly m- more in some places than others, but um, it is an issue for our country.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Dr. Johnson, let's talk a little bit about when it is appropriate for us to call 911. You know, there are some examples where it's very clear, like, this, I need to call 911. There's an yes. accident or whatever. Um, wh- what guidelines do you have if we're considering, is this something I call 911 for? Is this something I'd call my child and have them come pick me up and drive me to the hospital? Like, how do you help gauge what yeah.
1: action to take? And and that certainly uh, can be a difficult um Decision. I think the first thing people need to consider is: is this something I need to go to the emergency room at all for? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you don't need to go to the emergency room, you certainly don't need to call nine one one for that. Um, so, you know, I would always rather have somebody r- reach out for help and not need it than need it and not reach out. That right. is is a fundamental truth, um, but you also need to step back and use a little bit of common sense. Um, You know, if something has been bothering you for a month and you just can't sleep again tonight, you probably don't need to go to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, on the other hand, if it's been bothering you for a month and tonight it's really awful, it's worse than it's ever been, then something has changed and you it's not an unreasonable thing to think about going to the emergency room Um, I would rather have somebody call the ambulance and not need them than need them and not call them Mm -hmm. Um, but again I, I want people to stop and think about can I get myself safely to the emergency room now if you're having chest pain If you think this might be a heart attack, if this might be a stroke, call the ambulance. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you might be having a heart attack, don't call your friend, your neighbor. For God's sake, don't drive yourself. Um, But one of the consequences of a heart attack is that people can go into a bad heart rhythm, just like the the Bills football player did for a totally different reason, or Mm. at least, I assume, Mm -hmm. for a totally different reason. And you go into a bad heart rhythm and your heart stops and down you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you do not want to have that happen when you're behind the wheel, but you also don't want to happen it if, if you're in the passenger seat with somebody else driving because all they can do is try to get you there, you know. Whereas the ambulance crew has things they can do to try to restart your heart. So, it's much better to wait for. 10 or 15 minutes for the ambulance to get there than it is to try to get there yourself. Mm-hmm. So use a little common sense and stop and ask yourself do I need to go to the ER? Can I get myself there safely?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Well, it's time for us to wrap up today. Before we go, please be sure to tune in to South Dakota Public Broadcasting Television and the Prairie Doc Facebook page for On Call with the Prairie Doc most Thursdays starting at 7 p.m. Central. This week on Thursday, January 19th, Prairie Doc host Deb Johnston will be discussing EMS access and assistance with Dr. Matt Owens from Community Memorial Hospital and Redfield Clinic. So, tune in tomorrow night on SDPB television to learn more. We hope you've enjoyed our Prairie Doc radio program and we'll listen again for Prairie Doc on KBRK, brought to you by the Avera Medical Group, Brookings. Please follow the Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube. For free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library, visit www.prairiedoc.org and look for Prairie Doc wherever you find your podcast. My thanks to Dr. Deb Johnston for joining us today. And as Dr. Home would say, stay healthy out there, people.